Angela Marcy, the district attorney, is here. And uh, I just got a message. It says, quit gabbing, talk to Angela. Uh, thank you. Good morning. <laughs> that must have been from my mother. <laughs> oh, boy. So, Good Angela, morning. welcome to the program this morning. Good morning. Good morning. So you, uh, you're, are you into football at all, uh, like NFL games? No, I'm really not. So what do you think about it? You know, I'm an Oklahoma State cowboy. It has not been a very good football year for us. So, you know. So what do you think the most famous athletes and uh, and the uh, uh, musicians teaming up? Uh, we've got this deal with Travis Kelsey, who was pretty much an unknown with the Jets, is tied in. And now he's, everybody knows his jersey sales have gone up. And Taylor <laughs> Swift. You know, honestly, I just don't care. <laughs> Thank you. That that's the same attitude I had when he was throwing. You don't know. You haven't heard the story. I'm thinking what story? And uh, who are we talking about? I, I do know they're Swift. dating. I've heard that. It's been yeah. hard to miss that. But. This past week, she was throwing knives or something, and one of the neighbors was quite concerned and asked for. They called the DN on DA on that. Yeah, <laughs> that's some crazy stuff. And now she's got a boyfriend at the Jets. I don't have any jurisdiction over that. Okay. I wish you had some jurisdiction over the trial in New York, the Trump trial. What do you think of that? Your comments about the, what's happening, the civil lawsuit and all these uh, these charges and indictments all over the country? You know, it's it's a real circus, and I'm really glad that we that I am not involved in that. Very, very thankful for that. So it's 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 a mess. It's a it's. Uh, it's a really weird time in our country, I think. Um, and so I, I think that's a symptom of that. You think it's unprecedented? I, I've ne- well, certainly never seen anything like it in my lifetime. You know, is it is it a paradigm shift from... from I think you have to go back to sil- the pre-Civil War time period. Now, that was a very chaotic time in the state, in the U.S. Senate and the House. You had senators leaving from the South, you know. Right. Uh, and so, so what's okay? Well, so anyway, uh, speaking of uh, of uh, the things that need attention, I understand that some of our state reps have. They do. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to Representative Anthony Moore and Senator Brent Howard, the District Attorneys Association and the um, Council recognized both of them recently at our legislative awards dinner that we had. Uh, Representative Anthony Moore got um, I can't he I think he got the the Bulldog Award. Uh, no, Re- Senator Brent Howard got the Bulldog Award, and um, Anthony Moore got uh, I believe he got a bath this year, if I remember correctly. I can't remember, but they both helped us. <clears throat> we ran a piece of legislation that would authorize the use of. Um, it's called hearsay testimony of a child. And so for it used to, under the law, if we could use uh, an interview of a child who was under the age of 13, if they had been interviewed for abuse or neglect by a, a qualified forensic interviewer, we could use that in a case um We've always been able to do that since that statute was in place if they were under 13. Now we can use it if the child was under 16 at the time they made the statement. That seems like a reasonable 
it is it's issue. it's a big deal you know for for kids who've been interviewed for for really sensitive subjects to be able to use those statements that were properly gathered and and certainly there are requirements it's not automatic but uh age was a is a big factor in that well, kudos. So uh, the CED7, the Circuit Engineering District 7, has been under fire for the past a few years after a state audit. Uh, and, and that's more or less come to conclusion, I think. And now at this point, can you talk a little bit about that? What, what was the bottom line and what ended up uh, happening in that case? You know, I, I don't I can't really talk to the details about it because I was not the prosecutor um, and I. You know, I was actually just a witness in that case. Um, and so I think, um, you know, really commenting on, on what happened and that kind of thing, it's outside of, of what I could do here today um, because of, of my my role in this case. But I am glad that it is it is basically a chapter in the circuit engineering districts um life that is over hopefully and that we can move forward the circuit engineering district is a good um it, it's 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 good for our um system for roads and bridges in oklahoma it allows counties to cooperate and work together to um to pool resources and better utilize uh funding that we get to make our roads and bridges better um and then so it wasn't the CED that was actually doing something wrong. It was uh, there was a they they created a trust and they had a joint venture and had this seven oil plant. And so um, they exceeded the scope of what the law allowed them to do. And so the, there, uh, they did. And the, and the people that were involved in that, um, you know, I believe have have. Uh, they've all played out they played out they they did you know i was kind of surprised at how it unfolded because it was obvious that uh, the gentleman in tillman county dickey as well i can speak out on it i'm not trying to even involve you in the conversation here miss da but i will say that it looked like they pleaded out and actually ended up getting a better sentence than the guy that waited until the last, which was Mr. Goucher. So, but anyway, it is in one of the local newspapers. So I uh, understand that domestic violence this month, I'm going to switch another curve. We here also had a story on the radio too, by the way, it was okay. first on the radio. Oh, wow. How about that? There you go. <laughs> wow. Go. Mike Smith and his crew. So just They're doing that, throw that one out there. Award winning news. Okay. Then. So, but it's, I it's, noticed it's, that it's, it's history now, and I guess the CD, uh, the the oil, the seven oil project is gone. Is no, it still it's just operating? Kind of, well, no, it's not really operating at this point. Um, I think somebody told them to cease and desist, didn't they? At some there, point. Yeah, <laughs> yes, there there were basically yes. Um, I mean, this thing's been going on for a really long time, and they are trying to uh, wrap wrap everything up with regard to that. Um, from what I understand, and uh, they've got a liquidator that's involved in that. And so, um, you know, it actually started back in my first term. Um, I mean, I, I, remember. I, I went, came into office in January of 2015, and 
And uh, sometime during that first year is when when I started getting questions about what was going on. Yeah. And and uh, wow, I was asking questions. <laughs> I, I just showed up at the city council about that time. And Mr. Goucher was telling us how we could get water. And I was very impressed with the young man. And then I find this stuff unfolding. And I find our county commissioners. And I'm from Texas. And I'm wondering what in the world is going on. We we have this idea that out in West Oakland we hicks when it comes to how the commissioners run things. But I think this is all in the past. And I'm glad that I saw action in which I can really appreciate. We kept it out of the news for the most part. And, and, uh, and so they got just due. Very good. All right, we're going to talk about domestic violence. Angela Marcy is our DA. It's Domestic Violence Month. It is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So we'll talk about that when we come back right after these messages. Are you looking for land for farming, grazing, fishing, or camping? Well, each October, Oklahoma land is leased for agricultural farming and grazing, as well as outdoor sports and recreational use. We begin on Monday, October 9th in Boy City and Guymon, Tuesday, October 10th in Woodward, Wednesday, October 11th in Enid. Week 2 auctions begin on Monday, October 16th in Lawton, Tuesday, October 17th in Elk City, and Wednesday, October 18th in Stillwater, also Thursday, October 19th in Shawnee. For more information, visit www.clo.ok.gov or call 1-88-35-LANDS. Ag lease auctions are a great opportunity for grazing, farming, or fishing, and the money benefits Oklahoma education. We'll see you at the auctions. Honest, hardworking company installing reliable center pivots. Waterworks Irrigation takes the killer water electricity mix out of irrigation, offering simple pivots, easy to understand and maintain with constant smooth movement to eliminate gearbox damage due to constant start-stop cycles. With TNL, there's no need for an electrician on staff. Just a few simple wrenches and an unlimited free phone support will keep you up and running on your schedule. Find them on Facebook. Waterworks Irrigation, making rain reliable. The Binger Nursing and Rehabilitation Care Facility offers skilled nursing in a quiet setting of a small town. We pride ourselves with positive attitudes, and you can rest assured your loved one is receiving the most loving care possible. We offer physical, occupational, and speech therapy, and a wide range of planned activities on and off-site. Come join us for a tour of our facility at Binger Nursing and Rehabilitation. We have the highest facility ratings for care in the area, according to government sources. Binger Nursing Facility, the place for someone you love. 724, Angela Marcy here at the right time for Western Oklahoma on our program. She's district attorney for five counties in Western Oklahoma, including Custer County, Beckham County, uh, Washita County, Ellis County, and uh, what's the other Washita one? County. I mentioned Washita County. Uh, Roger Mills. Roger Mills. So those five counties that she is the district attorney. And the states divide up in how many districts? 27. So you're just one of 27. But you I cover am. probably the largest territory. I cover a very large geographical area. You know, it's interesting. There are only about six district attorneys west of I-35 if you take out Oklahoma County, and, the, and all the rest are in eastern Oklahoma. So the western the western part of the state, we, we all have very large geographical districts. Why is it population-based? It is population-based. So 20-some-odd districts over there on the other side, basically. Yeah, excluding Tulsa and Oklahoma counties. Wow. But, yeah. 
And they're they're just have basically one county in their districts because they have so much activity. Right. So there's only three one county districts: Oklahoma, Tulsa, and I think it's uh, Mulgee. Okmulgee County, really? Yeah, I believe so. Or maybe how about where Muskogee's located? Maybe it is Muskogee. Okay. Yeah, I think that's right. So anyway, so uh, talk about domestic violence. I know you've been involved big time in that in your career, um, and this is Domestic Violence Month. It is. It is. Uh, it's a month that's been set aside for years uh, to bring awareness to the problems with domestic violence um, and intimate partner relationships. Um, you know, these these cases are very challenging. We know that um, someone who is in a domestic violence relationship who's uh, being um, basically controlled uh, by their partner is, um, you know, there's like seven times that they've been a victim of abuse before they'll ever actually even call law enforcement. And so... You know, and then once they start going through the process, um, you know, it's it's still a challenge, right? Because they want the abuse to stop, but they also still love that person that they're with for for all the reasons that they're with that person. So they're they basically an, are an enabler in in many ways. But have I missed that point? I mean, you know, I. Um, I wouldn't call them an enabler in that in that sense of the word. I mean, because what what happens in a domestic violence relationship is the 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 perpetrator has power and control over the the victim or the survivor of domestic violence. And so they use various forms of coercion and pressure, whether that be, um, you know, threats of violence. Um, they use uh Children, like if kids are in a, you know, I'm going to take your, I'm going to, I'm going to take the kids and go away. Um, they'll isolate a lot of times their victims from their own family and friends because they want to be the person who is in control of the situation. I mean, they'll isolate them financially as well. A lot of times they're the ones in control of the money. Um, and so I I would hate to use the word enabler, um, you know, because they I mean, they did choose to be in a relationship with this person. Absolutely. Um, But they don't choose to be um, to be victimized. They don't choose. You know, a lot of times, um, you know, there's a lot of self-esteem issues as related to power and control. And and so, um, you know, there's a lot of reasons that women or or men stay in a domestic violence relationship. So, so do you, do you think concern I think has to do with the increase, the rise in domestic violence in the state of Oklahoma? Well, I was, is it really, a, is there a rise or is just more uh, people know more about it today? Because I think uh, obviously this, the, a lot of these instances were, were well kept uh, secrets. Yeah, you know, I mean, part of it is, you know, we've changed a lot over the years in how we deal with domestic violence. Um, you know, back before I before I even started practicing in this field, you know, back in the day, law enforcement would get called out to a domestic violence call and they would separate the parties for the night, you know. Um, and, you know, it's... 
a little bit in some sense, a little bit like, you know, abuse that happens in the home on a child. Right. It's not something that people talk about in the public. And so, yes, it is more well known now for a whole wide, a lot of reasons. Right. Um, We talk about it more now. We have a lot of social media. It's more in the news, more prevalent. Um, But we do have a lot of. Um, really serious events. The most dangerous time for a domestic violence victim is when they leave. Why is that? That's just the uh, we've we have just seen that um, that that's when they're making the break, right? Because no longer no longer does the perpetrator have that power and control over them, and so the way for the perpetrator to get that power and control back is to do something violent. Or serious, you know, and that's where we have a lot of those homicides. A lot of times they will also, um, that's where you'll see a lot of those murder suicides as well. Wow, breaking point in a lot of cases. So the, the patterns are common enough that we're able to track that and basically be aware of it. What, what do we do? You know, intervention, um, trying to offer services to victims um, and survivors, um, trying to make sure that they get counseling. You know, I think it's important, especially when you have kids involved. We know this dynamic continues. It's a cycle. And so if you're if you're in a relationship where you're the victim of abuse um, and you've got young children in the home, we're going to be concerned that you're going to be perpetuating that cycle by allowing your child to be around domestic violence um, because you're just teaching them that that's that's how you're supposed to treat the person that you're with. And so um, it's a challenge because you want you want to provide the services and you're, you're not trying to tear families apart, but. If they're not healthy families, if they're not safe families for for either one of the partners or for the kids, you have to intervene and you have to do something. Um, so you get services for the victims. You, We have uh, programs, uh, batter's intervention programs for the perpetrators that we try to get them through as well. And so, um, you know, it's 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 a challenge. So how how long do these situations usually last before someone does something? Well, like I said a minute ago, a lot of times it it may be the seventh time before a woman even calls law enforcement. So that's like might be a year, two years or more, five years. It it can be ongoing for for a long time. And we'll see people over and over again that either are with the same partner that they've been abused by in the past or – or we will also see them with a different partner who's also right. abusing them. And so it's 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 a real cycle. So how do we make people more aware and what can they do? I mean, if they if a parent or uh, someone's out there that that feels that they're in that kind of situation or know of someone in that kind of a situation, what do they do and who do they contact? You know, so there are a lot of um, victim service agencies out there. Um, and so we, we have an advocate in our office um, that we deal with that works with a lot of our, our criminal cases. Um, so that's one avenue. Someone can always call our victim advocate and ask them for referrals. Um, there is, Action Associates provides domestic violence um, services here in this um, in this area. 
And um, so, of course, individual counselors as well can address those issues. Um, But so for a family member or a friend, um, I think it's really important because isolation is one of the tools that offenders use. And so it's really important to make sure that your family member or your friend knows that you're there. Obviously, it's a fine line, right, because you don't want to scare them away by saying you need to you know yeah, you need they, to they need help get out of this situation you, right you, you so want to help let them know you you'll be their safety plan i can help you get out when you're ready right. um that kind of thing domestic violence month and we're just working this morning to make people more aware of it uh, angel we're out of time thank you for stopping by and being on the program this thank morning. you angela thank you. marcy the district attorney for five counties in western oklahoma district two District two, uh, just uh, a one number, of the twenty-seven. One uh, <laughs> number, almost number one. <laughs> almost number one. Yeah. What's the, what's the number one district? District two. Uh, oh, good answer. <laughs> good answer. Tune in every weekday at six a.m. for the right time with Harold Wright. Brought to you by Priority Home Medical Equipment on ninety-nine three News Talk KCLI.